Welcome to Came From A Podcast, episode 13. It's August 1st, 2015, and this week, Motorola and OnePlus revealed some new phones. Star Wars may be coming to Netflix. The Killing Joke, animated adaption, of course, adds a well-known voice to the cast. Mega Man X Kid Robot again, and much more. Once again, you're listening to Came From A Podcast, where we curate pop culture for your inner geek. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm Sergio A.M. and joining me is Ricky Kazvan. What's up? So uh, we have some tragic news. Uh, Hall of Fame WWE wrestler Rowdy Roddy Piper has died from cardiac arrest at the age of 61. So, so sad. Uh, you know, we talk about this all the time, it seems. Like, all the time. Someone's Everybody's, bound yeah. to die every month, at least. And it sucks, because these are people we grew up with, people we we know, but have never met, you know? I was, and, uh, I was a really, really big wrestling fan when I was growing up. Um, especially, like, like, when I was, like, in elementary and stuff. And Yeah, I he, think all of us were. He was kind of... When I when I got into wrestling, he was he was already coming off of his like he was already kind of phasing out, but he was still around. And he, I remember him being such an iconic character, you know, with the kill and the attitude that he used to have. And uh, I'm so sad that he uh, that he's gone. I know that you know him. You're more of like a from his like the movie side of him, and I'm more from the wrestling side. So talk to me a little bit about him and you know they live. Yeah, um, I knew him. You know, from wrestling as well, the kilt is sort of difficult to process as a child because, you know, you don't really know what a kilt is. But I remember him like he could sport a kilt. You know, that was the funny thing that I I always recalled as a a kid. And still look like a badass. Yeah. Uh, He had such this such an awesome personality. If you've ever seen him on camera, especially he keeps popping up in news channels and, you know, entertainment stuff like that. And he has this great attitude. He's an awesome dude. Uh, Super positive and always smiling and positive dude all around. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people knew him as, you know, as we mentioned, as a wrestling icon from WWE in the 80s. But I knew him best from one of my all favorite sci fi films, as you mentioned, 1988's They Live. John Carpenter, John Carpenter, who was huge in yeah. the '80s, and you just saw this, right? I, I did. So it's one of those movies that I, I skipped over. Oddly enough, because I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly big uh, John Carpenter fan. Like Escape from New York is one of my favorite '80s movies. So I yeah, uh, somehow it. they live kind of was not on my radar, but I saw it I, after he died. I, I went and I to pay respects. You know, I, I saw the movie, so. It's definitely a cult classic. It's one of my favorite films. I remember seeing it as a kid. I passed, you know, I was just back then you channel surf. You don't do that now. But when I was channel surfing, I saw, you know, Roddy Piper in it and I freaked out a little bit. I was like, well, you know, like, is this like a wrestling thing or something? And I ended up watching it. And, you know, I probably was in like 20 percent of the, you know, the movie when I started watching it the first time. And. You know, it just blew me away. Everything that was happening. Normally, you're used to seeing sci-fi slash horror films that are very over the top. Like, you know, these are the bad guys and they're just going to kill everyone right now. You know, like very on the spot action kind of thing. And this is a more subtle attempt at that kind of sci-fi with alien invasion. You know what I was what I was the most impressed by? So my my reference to wrestlers in like the early 90s and late 80s in movies is is like being in movies is Hulk Hogan, who was absolutely terrible in every every movie that he did. The movies were kind of like iconic at the time or whatever, but his acting was terrible. So I expected Rowdy Piper's acting to be terrible. And it's actually pretty good. Well, you know what? I think he suits that role and yeah. they let him play that role a lot, you know, way better than if it was like, I need you to be this specific type of character in this. Because let's be honest, he's not an actor as much as he is like, you know, oh. a wrestling actor. Let's say let's say it that way. Not in a bad way, of course. But, you know, it, 
I think they took they put him in the role because they wanted someone who has that like you just a normal person that just stumbles upon an amazing thing, you know? And it, it works. It's not like there's there's over the top moments, but his acting isn't really over the top. It's like you said it's very subtle. Like it works for the movie and yeah. I was very impressed by that. And I'm surprised that he wasn't in 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 a lot more movies, like where as yeah. a leading as a leading man, you know? Yeah. So um, he played the role of Nada, which is hilarious. And he pretty much found out the world was being taken over by aliens, as we mentioned, through the means of subliminal messages. And that's one of the most badass lines. I mean, he has one of the most badass lines ad-libbed, and it's this one. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. You know how many people quote that line and have no idea where it comes from? It's funny because I was one of those people. I'd, I had heard – you obviously hear – I think it's – I'm sure it's on one of those, like, top 100 movie line lists. And I bet you it's on top 100 best movie line lists and top 100 worst movie line lists at the same time. I, uh, I, I didn't know where it came from, and then I, I was watching the movie, and I was like – Oh my god, this is where it's from. Yeah, a lot of people have no idea. And I, I would constantly play online and someone would say it and I'd say, dude, I'm a huge They Live fan. And they would say, what is that? You know, they, they'd they have no idea where it's from. And I mean, it's just awesome line. Uh, you know, like I said, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and just go watch it. Uh, we won't spoil what happens, but know that it has one of the most memorable fight scenes, especially for yes, that time. Yes. Yeah. That he, fight scene. Mm-hmm. It, it, it got to the point where I was like, all right, all right, guys, for real. But they yeah. kept going and I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. Yeah, dude, it's him and Keith David. Um, and it's five minutes. That's pretty crazy. Normally yeah, you'd see something crazy. like that in a movie that's only about fighting. In other words, like, you know, like a Bruce Lee movie or something right, like that. Right, right. But five minutes for this gritty scene and all he's trying to do is tell him to put these glasses on. <laughs> could, it have been, could it have been resolved in another way? Yes, yeah, it could have. Absolutely. But I, would, absolutely. I loved how it was, you know. It yeah, was, it was great. So rest in peace, Roddy Piper. We'll, we'll sure as heck miss you. Yep. Rest in peace, sir. So in the last year or two, we saw a lot of new phones hit the market, and we sort of got used to technology improving year by year, and we tend to understand it for the most part. For the most part. Uh, the cost goes up along with it. That's what sort of sucks about technology, right? Yep. Uh, phones were getting bigger and more powerful, and the cost was proof of that. $500 and more for a phone felt pretty common at one point, and I personally was not the biggest fan of it because I am one of those people who, if I could, I would upgrade every year. And normally, I could. How about you? I am one of those people who upgrades every single year. I think I the reason we do it is because it's fun. You know what I mean? It's a toy to us. I, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I like having the latest and greatest when it comes to technology. Everyone does, dude. I don't think there's a single person who says, I don't like having the latest. So I... You know? uh, I'm on AT&T on their next plan because I can get a new phone now every year. I have yeah. the, the Samsung Galaxy 6, the Edge. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'm on T-Mobile, and um, I don't have that. So for me, that means no contract. And unlike other carriers, if you have a contract, that normally means you can, like you said, upgrade your phone every few years to get a new one at a reduced price. Now, without that option, I just buy phones, which is fine because... Well, you know, as mentioned before, I'm an Android user, so it's been pretty easy with the Nexus line of phones. And Nexus phones, for those of you who don't know, are pretty much phones that Google pushes from different manufacturers that run the latest version of Android without additional bloatware. And, um, you know, they're also the first to get updates, which is a big thing. I love having the latest I version of the software. you guys. You always get everything first. Well, that's the problem because normally they have to run through, okay, well, AT&T has this phone, so now we're going to have to have AT&T fix their things and then they update it or Samsung or, you know, all these other things go in, come into, into play that I really dislike. Um, so normally the trend was to make phones with some great specs, and this is for the Nexus line of phones that I'm talking about. Um, so great specs, affordable price, and that changed last year with the Nexus 6. Um, have you seen the Nexus 6? I have actually. I know somebody who owns it. Uh, so it's pretty much a phablet. Phablets, it's, a fa- it's a phablet. Yeah, for those who don't, who you, of you who don't know, a phablet is a tablet X phone. So you know it's pretty damn big. It looks hilarious in people's pockets if you do see it. And um, but the thing is, it's a great phone. It has amazing. Sp- 
specs. It looks beautiful. Large screen as well. The only issue with me personally was that it costs about $700. I um, I considered getting it when I was before I got the Edge and I just I liked the feel of my Galaxy a little bit more than if like like the feel of the of the Nexus. I don't know what it was. That's definitely a big thing, you know, like if you're holding your phone all the time, you have to really yeah. have something that feels good in hand. And that has to do with a lot of things. But we're going to get to that soon, actually. Um, so 700 bucks compared to my Nexus 5. In other words, the, the previous generation, it was around 350 bucks. So as a quick story, uh, I had the first Nexus 5 like pre-ordered as soon as it was out i think i actually just ordered it because it was already shipping i got it it was white and you know after like a year it broke like it just you know it fell the lightest way and it, it just cracked they do look like they're pretty cheap phones like when you just by holding them mm -hmm. and looking at them so you know they they do i think what happens too is that it's the weight issue like people worry right. a lot about saying I have a light phone, and in order to do that, you can't use metals. You know what I mean? Like right. the it's old plastic. iPhone. It's plastic, yeah. Right? So you have to move on to something that's lightweight, and you don't want something that's expensive. So you don't. You're not going to do like Kevlar, you know, something <laughs> crazy like that, or bulletproof uh, phone. Exactly. You know. So um, yeah, it is. It does. It, maybe if you see it, it might look cheap, but it feels pretty damn good in hand. Now the only thing is, you know, it it shattered the screen with a small little tap on the ground but the good thing is i could just buy another one because it's 350 it's not right. a lot it's not as much as 700 so that's what i did i bought the red version which is the one i have to this day right. and then just so you know how awesome google was they replaced my white version for free my wife is now currently using that one. So like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm sure like with with iPhones, it's definitely worth the price of entry. But right. the issue for me is that I love updating phones every year or two at that price. I just I just can't justify it. Um, maybe if I was upgrading every three years or so, if I leased the thing. But still, that's pretty a, a pretty good chunk of cash. You know, I'm on, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like I. The reason I got the next program, I know in the long run, I'm actually paying more than I would have paid if I would have gotten a contract or whatever. But mm -hmm. because it's monthly installments, it doesn't feel like I'm paying a lot, even though I am in the long run. So it makes me feel a little bit better about upgrading the phone every yeah. year. And that's leasing pretty much, you know, and it, that's, it is. You're leasing your phone. What's Absolutely. funny is that our generation, like millennials, have this thing going with leases where we love leases and that's like stats like that's fact you know like that's actually out there people love leasing cars i'm one of those guilty people but i i am not leasing so that's a good thing but what it does is pretty much you know pushes the price along a timeline so it feels like it's less and in a sense that's what matters right you want to feel like you're you're losing less right and it sometimes is better to lose, you know, more on the long run than it is right on the spot. Right on the spot. It's less of a hit mm -hmm. at the time. And, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, this leads me to the announcement. That, that was a huge intro, by the way. It leads me to the announcement of three new phones that are announced. And this is the OnePlus 2, the Moto G, and the Moto X. Here are your highlights. All right, first off, we're going to actually go backwards a little bit. And the Moto G and X. Um, they have a ton of styles for you to customize, which I think is awesome. Have you seen these? Uh, I have not. I the one that I'm excited about is the OnePlus Two. So get through the Moto and GX, the Moto G and the X, so we can get to the OnePlus Two. So I'll tell you, I'm actually on the Moto side. I I do love the OnePlus, but I'll I'll get to that later. Anyways, um, so they have a bunch of customizations. Motorola loves doing this. They did this last with the last generation, I believe, maybe even the last one before that. I'm not 100 on that, but I love the idea of having a phone that suits my personality. And you know, something as as easy as a color helps with that. And it's not just seeing as much because of the man. It's not seen as much because of the manufacturing side of things. You know, so it costs a lot to do that, and it's great to see them have the ability to do this now the moto x has a 5.7 inch display with a quad h screen which is pretty damn nice and it has a snapdragon quad, 808 quad yeah. h quad hd screen quad hd what did i say quad h i don't know that's like a new technology that they're developing or something oh but. you know what maybe it is i'm not <laughs> sure but yeah quad hd so uh you know quadruple the hd and it has a, it's a lot of hd going on it's a lot of HD for your pocket. Let's say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it has a Snapdragon 808 processor, 3 gigs of RAM, 21 megapixel camera. Um, this is the great part, though, Ooh. for my favorite parts. 
all day battery, 3000 milliamp um, with turbo charging, which means you can charge 10 hours worth of battery in 15 minutes. That's I thought my phone charged pretty fast. That's no, no, this is this is insane. But as a heads up for people who don't know, it's actually dangerous to do this a lot. It actually will wear out your battery in the long in the long run. I thought you were going to say like it will kill you. No, it might. I mean, you know, it's a time machine. Pretty much what it is, it's a little time machine. You put your phone and it speeds it up toward, you know. So one neat addition, though, I love this. And I, I don't know why it's taking so long. It's water resistant, which should be common by now with all tech. But it isn't, of course. And um, so the Moto X starts at $399 and it's set to release in the fall. Okay. Now, just to go through the G real quick, uh, it's like, the you know, he's a, it's the little brother here. It has a 5-inch display, 720p HD. Not bad. You know, you probably won't even notice. It has a Snapdragon 410 with 1 gig of RAM, a little low on that. 5-megapixel camera, again, a little low. And 2,470 uh, milliamp battery. Uh, like the Moto X, it's also water-resistant, and it starts at a much, much more affordable price of 179 and it's actually available right now. You can go to Best Buy, check it out, and pick it up on the spot. I'm sure that the I'm sure the Moto X will be released in sync with the uh, the new generation of the Moto um, smartwatch. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, they have they're they're, they're probably going to want to do a combo with it or something, which you is know, actually sell it together. My favorite out of the out of the smartwatches is my current favorite one, by the way. I loved it, but my OCD hated that line in the bottom where they hid like some of the you know the yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. I hate. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> but um, I feel like one of the things that's going to happen with smartwatches is that um, you're going to start seeing them bundled with phones because I feel like that's a better way to get them out into people's yeah. hands. I, I could I can mess. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, and you know what? Like, there's a lot of people who still don't could care less about them. Like my wife, I don't think she cares about them at all. Like if they I offered her one, I don't think she'd be like, I don't really care. Let's uh, be honest. Know, a, a smartwatch isn't really like a necessity. They're just right no, now. They're they're, they're they're just really cool. They're really cool no. to have, and but we don't need them. They're just everyone really cool who have. owns one will tell you that they are luxury items. Yeah, like they're completely absolutely. nothing more but notifications on your wrist. Absolutely. So, you know, um, anyways, back to the Moto G. The Moto G, this is my personal suggestion. I'm going to stamp it, like, right there, to anyone who's looking for an affordable phone or a way to check out what Android is. 179 bucks. I mean, look, if you are if you don't have the kind of income where you can get a $700 phone or more, um, this is an amazing entry point. And let's be honest, if this breaks, you're not going to, you know, it's not like you're you're losing 700 bucks on the spot, you know? You don't, you you don't, you don't need insurance though, for this phone. I can't mess with that. The 720p HD screen, I can't. Nowadays, I can't mess with that. No, of course, but that's what I'm saying. You're not the target audience. Think yeah. of it like this. If you have teenage, like teens, like you have kids in their teens, and you're trying to get them into phones or maybe like in middle school or something— I can justify paying yeah. 179 bucks for my kid. You know what I, I mean? Like I, for I, see that when you use that reasoning, I can I can definitely yeah. get behind. Like it, for yeah. me and you, there's no way in hell. You yeah. know, maybe if we're in an emergency situation or something. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, let's move on to the one that you like, hopefully, and yes. that is that's the One Plus Two. The OnePlus um, two. So One Plus is has gained this kind of cult following this the, the community loves these guys and they're from china and what they pretty much do is they put a bunch of awesome specs in a beautiful little body of a phone and they sell it almost dirt cheap the last one was about 300 bucks now they came out with the second one and that's called one plus two and we have a 5.5 inch display with 1080p full hd screen it also has um an eight core snapdragon 8 10 processor in other words it's a good processor it's four, exactly four it's gigs fast. of ram uh two nano sim slots for those of you who juggle carriers around usb type c ad- adoption which is great it's, i want to start seeing this everywhere as Am- as apple mentioned this is the, the soon-to-be norm yeah. yeah um a fingerprint reader which you know also um apple introduced and a 13 megapixel camera Price? This, is the, this is the best part. This is the best part. Yeah. So last, the first edition was 300 Now their second phone, 330 
thirty, um, you know, thirty dollars um, more than the first, but so you completely have, worth it when you look into the specs. I mean, that's ha- crazy. You basically have maybe the best specs phone on the market, and it's like one of the cheapest. Yeah. Too. So New York, I think there was um the, there was an event where they were showing off the phones, and New York had this massive line of people, and um you know that was great to see. That just gives you an idea of the community that you know runs behind it. Um, the only thing with the OnePlus is that you have to register for an invite, and to do so, it's a cluster fudge. Not That's only a word I'm coming not up only with. that, but at least for the first the first phone, you could only buy it online on Tuesdays. Yeah. Which I th- which I think added to like the whole like cult following like like the the like the feeling of the phone like you could it feels exclusive you can only of buy course. it and that's the thing that, it and on Tuesdays yeah and you know the thing is people love the way it feels and it looks really good I really suggest you guys go out and check these out and if you have an event near you why not you know it's just a fun thing to do and check it out and see how it feels in hand um so you'll see why it's such a it's gained such a following and uh i'm not gonna get into it because that's another 20 minutes but you can see all the details on their site which will be on our show description and just really really quickly because i think we should bring it up uh one plus actually announced this week that they would actually be selling the usb type c cable to the public for five dollars so you don't even have to have the phone you can just buy the cable from them and that's a big thing too, because normally, you know, new cables. Apple is notorious for selling cables. Oh, you want really... you want a cable? All right, give me like ninety dollars, and I'll give you the cable. Exactly, that's that's and that's Apple. what I'm saying. I love seeing their like. Listen, the technology is here, and it shouldn't be costing that much. Like you know, we we sort of plateaued a little bit. You don't need to have you know 4K on your phone. You know, <laughs> like 2K even is 2K uh, is still a lot. I don't know about you, but I need 10K on my phone. I need. I don't. Uh, you literally cannot see it. That's highest, the thing that makes the me highest, laugh. Maybe. Maybe your eyes can't see it, but I need like a 10K, 12K. All right, man. I just need new glasses then. That's what it is. Um, You know, awesome phones all below 500 bucks. Definitely something to look forward to. And that explains my 20 minute intro to this segment in technology. Amazon has finally unleashed the dash button. Have you heard about this, Ricky? So, you know, the movie, the Pixar movie, Wally. Yeah. This is where we're headed with the Amazon Dash button. Tell them what the Amazon Dash button is. I think this was something, I think that was where we were headed ever <laughs> since McDonald's started yeah. sprouting out in every corner of every street, you know? Everywhere. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, the Amazon Dash button is pretty much a very simple, physical, one-click buy button. You know how in Amazon you can set it up, so you just, you want something, you just one-click buy, and boom, it's done. Processing and everything else is done, you don't have to worry about it, right? So say you're doing the laundry and you're out of detergent. Oh, no. Well, normally you'd have to take a number of steps to your phone or computer. Go on Amazon, search for detergent. Which brand do you want? Put it in your cart and then check out. And all of that can possibly take hours to days to do. You know that, right? I, I, I do know that. I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have stinky clothes, not wash them, than have to go out to the store and get... Yeah, you know, you wash them in the shower. What I do is I keep my clothes on and I go take a shower with the clothes on and, you know, you it helps. But anyways, we no longer live in those archaic times. Now you're all out of tide. You just click that button. Bam. Order process and ships as soon as possible. One thing off the checklist and that is something that people love doing. People hate checklist items. Amazon literally took Staples easy button concept like the, the them making fun of themselves in the commercial and they took it to heart and they made I'm surprised they actual, never did anything with they made it. An actual you know what I mean? E- easy button. I but, think I don't think Staples ever actually thought that it would be like they're just oh it'll be a really funny piece of branding. And then And Amazon the thing is like, they sell those buttons. I know. I have, we have one at work. Do you know that people have hacked those buttons to actually do things? Really? Yeah, people. That's a big thing. Actually, you should look into that. Anyways, uh, you can stick these things, the the dash buttons around the area in which you use the product. So let's say detergent, like we said, you just put it on your laundry machine and it hangs out. And when you click it, it goes over to your phone, I believe. And you know, the process takes place now. Um, it speeds up the process, of course, but the only problem to me and a lot of people actually is price matching. One of the things we do a lot as online shoppers is we go, okay, this costs this much here. Is it cheaper elsewhere? You know, there's a bunch of extensions and you can look on multiple sites. You can Google it, etc. Find the cheapest one, buy the cheapest one, you know, because 
that's what people want. People always want the cheapest costing one. So you can't price match. This makes it so you're just blindly buying the one that's on, you know, the top. So let's say the price goes up or something. Well, you're going to say, who cares? Uh, you know, a few cents isn't that much. But that adds up in the long term. And, you know, we're, we're just becoming lazy is the thing. I will, I will say this. As human beings as a whole, and I think especially millennials, I think at the end of the day, we will take convenience over cost. Of course, and, and that's what and, happens a lot. And even if they know that they're paying a little bit more, the fact that they can just press a button, I think, will be uh, will be huge, and and people will will start. Uh, this is gonna take off, I think. Well, the thing is, um, I just find it weird that we're buying something that helps us buy something else, you know. <laughs> but that's what Amazon is all, is all about. If you think about it, they they like selling services that help them sell more. I'm telling you, but that's how everyone is, you know. We're all gonna we're all gonna be in our little uh, like motorized wheelchairs with the, the screen in front of us, just and everything, just pressing a button for everything we want or everything. I'm we're telling you, do. dude, that's that's what it is. Um, so they have a limited run right now, and it's only for Prime members, and they're going for about five dollars a button. Now the thing that's weird to me is that they have specific brands, none of which I actually purchase. By the way, it's sort of weird. I don't purchase any any of these of these brands. They're major, but I've never even considered it. Are you, so, what do you what do you what do you purchase? Dude, whatever's the cheapest. I mean, I don't, I don't really care about what the brand is because if it smells good and it's clean, why does it have to? You know, I don't care what else kind of technology it has involved or what kind of science, but I'll just buy whatever's on the shelf. If it says this one's ten ninety nine, I'll buy the one that says eight ninety nine. That's default, I, I believe. All right, it's that time again. Thing of the week. Thing of the week, the, the, the thing of the week, the, 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 the thing of the week, the, the, the thing of the week. Okay, so as a heads up, we did book some studio time with Carlos AM, and that is my brother, audio engineer, amazing guy. You should check out his work. Um, so we're going to record that so we don't have to go through this every single week. I cannot wait to have an official version of the thing of the week theme song. All right. So Ricky, what is your thing of the week? So I have to say it like that. <laughs> my thing of the week. Ijen has been releasing, uh, per year, the history of awesome things that happened, uh, according to a particular year. And they released one for 1987, which was the year that I was born. And um, so I'm going to read what the list was uh, of things that came out that year. Uh, 1987, we got DuckTales, awesome cartoon. We got Star Trek The Next Generation, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time. We got, on the big screen, we got The Princess Bride, and we got RoboCop. And we got my favorite video game of all time, The Legend of Zelda. We Amazing also, game. Dude. We also Crazy got... Crazy game. I've never beat the original Legend of Zelda, by I, the way. I beat it, I beat it once. Actually, no. I found a bunch of secrets. Never beat it. It's just too big for me as a kid. I kind of tag teamed it with my dad back in the day, and we we got to the very, very end. And I don't know what I did, but I accidentally deleted all of the information from the cartridge, and my dad could not get over it. Never touched the video game again. It was just like a huge mess. Oh, is that like when he left for a week, and you're like... Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what I... I think he went to Puerto Rico, and I... Dude, that was, I remember he, I was, I felt so bad. Like we had to put so much time and effort into it and it just like, boof. Yeah, just, that uh, happened in my cartridge for Ocarina of Time when I lent oh, to one of no. my cousins and then I got it back. My perfect, like every single thing collected was gone and uh, it was a little killer. Also really quick, also Mega Man and Castlevania were released that year. So I'm a huge Mega Man yeah. and Zelda fan, so that's awesome to see. And Terminator, you remind me a lot of Terminator. You have that kind of like I want to oh, kill you vibe yeah. going. Uh, yeah. do, I, do I remind you of a of an Austrian cyborg? A little bit, yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, but not as like murderous. <laughs> so my thing of the week, Battle Cat Hunting Trophy. Have you seen this? Did you check this out? I'm going to be honest, I never know, like, I've never, ever heard of your things of the week. That's why I'm always waiting Dude, for you to tell this me. this <laughs> is amazing. All right, Super 7, and these are some awesome guys who make amazing stuff, amazing toys and design that, that are well designed. So what happened is they did this awesome thing in San Diego Comic-Con, and I don't know if you remember me asking you, but I was like, Ricky, get me a Skeletoken. I don't know if you remember me telling you that, because maybe you just didn't even know what it was. I'm going to say, yeah. So Super 7 had a um, 
Skeletor's Lair thing going on Comic-Con, and pretty much the only way you can gain access was to get a Skeletoken. So a Skeletoken you can get in a, a few ways. I think you have to find it through um, one of their... One, something you bought through them or something. But the point being, that's your entry point to get into the store. They had a bunch of awesome stuff, but one thing that really stood out and I noticed right away was the Battle Cat hunting trophy. So it's just his head on a mount on the wall. <laughs> I saw it and, you know, it, you could tell that it was meant just for that, that um, Skeletor's lair. But all of a sudden, like the next month and it's on sale on the Super 7 store. Oh. And I freaked out so bad, oh. and I was about to go tell my wife, listen, we have to have a talk. I need this, right? But, you know, I was expecting $400, maybe, you know, because that's a price that it seems like it's a lie, but, you know, that was me dreaming. Right, it right. cost $8,500. And and you didn't tell her, and you went ahead and bought it, and now you have it hiding in your office. Let's just say I have a new <laughs> loan with Chase. <laughs> and I am not looking forward to paying it like all of my student loans. Just don't tell your wife. I won't so, tell her. I won't yeah. tell her. I mean, dude, it looks amazing. Without the helmet, it's, you know, it, with the helmet, without the helmet, it looks amazing. And it's too expensive for anyone to buy. That's why they're still available. So if you're rich, please do me a favor and pick one up for me as well as yourself. <laughs> and I'll put my address in the show description. So we've got some good news for Batman fans from a galaxy far, far away. Stars! For those of you who aren't aware, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, voiced what I consider to be eh, quite possibly one of the most famous iterations of the Joker in Bruce Timm's Batman the Animated Series from the 90s. We all grew up with it. We all loved it. Um, And he also voiced the Joker in various other media, including the Arkham uh, video games. So Collider originally broke the news that Hamill was being tapped to voice the Joker in the upcoming Killing Joke animated feature. Killing Joke is probably one of the most famous Joker stories of all time. Uh, Amazing graphic novel, yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, Alan Moore wrote it. Uh, Hamill himself tweeting out, you're not the only one with fingers crossed. According to Collider, shortly after the story broke, sources reached out to them and confirmed that Hamill had actually already recorded his voice acting for the film, which is due out next year. So he's already done it. Dude, I, I am so stoked. It's so gonna stoked. be. It's gonna. It's gonna be. You know, I. It, this is the best possible scenario for him to do to retire his Joker. I don't think he'll ever do it again because yeah. you cannot do. A more iconic story than than the Killing Joke. So I Joker, wanted to say, so. how foolish must you be to not understand that the Killing Joke would be one of the most amazing live action Batman movies to make? I know, I know, but I think that we're gonna get hints of it in Batman vs Superman. Listen, it's a it's amazing. I can't explain how great it is. Such a simple story, and if you know, everyone should get it. Okay, so yeah. it's really short. Go read it, and you'll understand what it is. You'll yeah. you'll just get it. Hopefully, if not, look into it a little bit. I but would definitely. Amazing. It is. I would say it's a top five must uh, must read graphic novels before you die for sure. And also, as we mentioned, um, Mark Hamill is an amazing Joker. No one. No one will disagree with that. I, I don't think I mean, the guy, would. you know, I know him more for the Joker than Star Wars, to be honest. Like, that's, I'm a bigger Yoda fan. I don't mean that in an offensive way. That, that's crazy talk, but I'll let it slide, okay? But look, dude, he created this Joker that no one, no one has anything on. No one. And uh, then, hey. you know, growing up with the Batman animated series, I've seen every single episode, every single episode, whenever he does. And, you know, he's not only the Joker on that show, by the way. He plays a lot of miscellaneous right. characters. And I love it, though, because I know it's him and it gets me excited for the next episode with the Joker in it. You know you what know? I love about, about Mark Hamill? How, how, like, game he is to just, like, if fans on the street ask him to do the voice, like, he'll do it. Like, he's just he, he embraces it so much. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. I, I may be wrong in this, but I think he has more resentment towards Star Wars than he does I don't, towards... The, the resentful one is Harrison Ford. I think Mark Hamill as a whole has... He's, he's embraced both fandoms. Um, he's, he's really cool. I, I mean, I saw him at Comic-Con, and he, just, he was talking a little bit about both, and he, just, he really embraces everything. I, to be honest, I don't think I've ever heard him talk negatively uh, about either of them, so... I think it's because people associate, like, the end of his career 
through Star Wars, acting wise, at least. So I think that's something that people bring up and that which might be, you know, annoying if you heard of it and you're like, OK, I get it. I was only in Star Wars and nothing else counts. But let's be honest, but, if, I, if I had one rule, one iconic role, one movie and being in Star Wars, you I mean, you can't. At the end of the day, you can't complain. Of course. No, no, no. I don't think he's he's annoyed that, damn it, I wish I wasn't in this massive franchise. I just think that, you know, people have sort of grown to, you know, talk about, A. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah, notice yeah. that Star Wars killed off a lot of careers, you know, like the original? <laughs> but, um, like I said, I grew up with both of them, but the Joker is one of those things that I didn't know it was him until probably, like, 10 years later when I was, you know, grown up and started looking into these things. Right, right. But, you know, he's so iconic, and that's why we have that. That, that voiceover right there. So you, you guys just listen to it beautifully. And cue voiceover. <laughs> so Sergio, we have some actually really cool images coming our way from the pages of Empire Magazine from Batman vs. Superman. Or Batman yes. v Superman, sorry. So uh, the magazine, they sat down with director Zack Snyder, producers Deborah Snyder and Charles Rovin, and Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Um, we got some pretty cool information. We got co- confirmation that the that Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be like 45, 46, and he, he's been Batman for like 20 years. So um, he's already going to have a little, like a lot of history. Uh, the Dark Knight-ish with, kind of vibe. With the character. There's obviously... At least one of the Robins is dead, as we can see from the trailer. There's hints of maybe Commissioner Gordon himself even even being dead. So it's definitely going to be a Batman that's been around for a while, and he's uh, he's going to be cynical, and he's going to be a, a pretty uh, pretty grumpy Batman dude. Batman beyondish Batman. Pretty grumpy dude, I think, yeah. Did you see the pictures from Empire? Yeah. And did you see Lex Luthor? Luthor! Dude, that, that, I, that picture's actually kind of cool. So it's him... In like a, he, I guess he's he's in his the his main office building and you got you got that big like like colorful LexCorp sign behind him yeah. and it feels it feels very like Silicon Valley ish which is that's what I'm saying it gave us this like startup like yeah. Lex Luthor the startup millennial you know and I don't know how I feel about that because the Lex Luthor I grew up with in graphic novels and comics very different I don't know I, I mentioned this it's, before it's this is gonna be a very different Lex Luthor um. I'm not gonna knock it until I try it. So I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give it the benefit as as we get closer. I'm I'm starting to be of the opinion. I'm just gonna give it the benefit of the doubt and yeah, and see what happens with it. But no, there's some really cool pictures of like um, of of just Batman and and Superman. Just the 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 feel of the of the, the movie. characters. There's, yeah, yeah. There's a picture where they're in Wayne Manor and it's just like it looks like this. Everything's been torn to pieces and it's like all decrepit and stuff. So. There's definitely a lot of history already going into this movie that I'm really excited to uh, to finally see. I would love nothing more but to be surprised by this because I, I you know I do like Superman. I don't love the character. I wouldn't read all his of his comics, so to speak. But Batman is something that I grew up with, and it's really difficult to see it turn into something that I am unsure about. So I I'm hoping they'll, they'll prove me wrong because then, as a kid, I'm gonna freak out. And I can, I'd love to go on here and say, guys, I was wrong. Go watch it; it's amazing. That's reason, what I'm hoping to say. The reason why I want this movie to do so well because I love Batman and I want a good precursor to the Batman solo movie. So I really want this to do good because I, I want it to be a, a really good setup for. Ben Affleck's first outing in a solo movie where he's like writing and directing. I, th- I actually think that has a lot of potential. So I am ho- hopefully that the world that they establish in this movie is something that like us fans can get behind. And, uh, Let's hope so, yeah. yeah. So, Sergio, we have some cool stuff from the Netflix side of things this week. Do you ever see uh, Wet Hot American Summer? No, but my wife has, and I am waiting to see it. All right. It is a. But did you, did you see the original movie or no? No, my wife. Oh, that's what I was talking about. It was oh, original. Okay. I haven't seen the Netflix series so yet. So this movie came out in 2001. It's called Wet Hot American Summer. It had a bunch of famous people in it. Uh, Amy Poehler, Paul Rudd. Be- before they were like actually like super, super, super famous. And the premise is basically it's the last day of, of camp. And they're camp counselors. And just ridiculous things happen. Like, I mean, over-the-top ridiculous things happen. And then at the end of... Well... Okay, the end of the movie kind of sets up a sequel perfectly to be 10 years from when the movie ends. And so Netflix announced that they were going to do a Netflix-exclusive series called Wet Hot American Summer 
first day of camp. So they're actually doing a, they did a prequel to the movie with the same actors. So the actors are actually 15 years older, but they're playing younger versions of themselves than they were in the original movie. So it's, it's pretty bizarre and pretty out there. And a lot of them look totally different, but they're playing like the same age. And it's just really bizarre, really out there. You have to check it out. I've seen the first three episodes and it's just crazy, but it's, it's as far as Netflix originals go. It's awesome. I can't wait. I think that's what Netflix should keep doing is picking up properties that are well established and loved. And just, and so I, I'm definitely excited to see this. Yeah. So Netflix or oh, Marvel confirmed that Jessica Jones, the the next uh, Netflix entry into the Marvel universe, it's coming out in December this year. So we're getting a second Marvel show this year on Netflix, and then they they're gonna be releasing a Marvel show on Netflix every six months. Dude, that's crazy. I have no problem with that at all because I loved how Daredevil came out. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, Daredevil, was so, Daredevil was so good. They, they, um, the rest of the shows, have, they have to be as good as, as Daredevil because if not, it's going to be a fiasco. So I think that they're going to go out of their way to make all these shows as amazing as possible. Yeah, they will. And then my favorite news possibly of the year. Be reported... And Netflix is working with Lucasfilm on producing not one, not two, but three live-action Star Wars series for net for the platform. Now, if you remember, Lucasfilm was already working on a live-action series before the deal with Disney broke through, and they had something like forty-something scripts already written, and they were all scrapped when Disney bought Lucasfilm. So now that this is being reported, um, Sergio, what do you think we'll see, and what do you think? What would you like to see? So I think the thing is, I am a big fan of all of this stuff that's going on with Star Wars. The only thing that slightly scares me is the fact that I hope we're not getting into the direct to videotape kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like unmemorable stories and you're just using the franchise name to do something with it that I'm I'm guessing it's not going to be that way because, you know, Disney and Star Wars, they're working hard on creating a really solid universe. So I'm hoping that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm almost positive it's not going to happen. So I'm very excited about it. But there's that slight amount of worry that, oh, I hope it's not like an unmemorable Star Wars story. I will say you know? this, and I'm going to bring it up again at the end of the show um, and when we're talking about comics and stuff. But And I've said it on the show before. Um, they've actually, through the other mediums, through print, and uh, yeah, through like the comics and, and the books, they've actually done pretty important canon impacting things in the books and the comics that that I was originally worried that they were just going to, like you mentioned, like throwaways, just using the Star Wars name. So the fact that they're doing such important things in comics and in books makes me think that when they do a live action series, it's going to be things that are actually important and, and will expand the canon and, and give us new insight into things that we didn't know or we've wanted to know so i am excited i mean i'd be excited for one three my brain can't even process what three live action star wars shows would be like on on netflix i I mean i can't even like i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean the thing is now they're being made so well like with marvel guess who owns marvel guess who owns star wars you know what i mean so i can expect that we're gonna have a similar kind of outcome with Star Wars, as we've had with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, you know, that kind of thing. I'm hoping that's what happens. And at the end of the day, Lucasfilm is going out of their ways. I mean, you can just tell by everything we've seen from Episode 7. They're putting so much into it. I I, I expect when we see these shows that this is going to be one of the craziest things we've ever seen and awesome things. I, especially the first one. They're going to put so much into it that... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I just I yeah. hope it I hope it still feels like Star Wars. I'm sure it will. I can't eat, to be honest. I'm trying to think of what I would want to see. I can't even I can't think of anything like. There's too many things yeah, you can do with this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna be on the lookout for that one. So. Fifteen years ago in 2000, China banned video game consoles. Why? Back then, the fear of violent video games was becoming a big topic in the world of news. In order to protect the kids. Oh, 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 they decided to just ban them. Ban that's, them all. They're, that's they're assholes. Wait, well, calm down, dude. Calm don't, down. Don't take. They may listen to this. Don't take video games away from kids. Come on. 
you know China, better than that. China. China loves banning and blocking things. They're, they're very gonna, well known for that. You know they're gonna ban it's, our they're gonna ban our podcast now. It's most now because of you, most likely. Uh, anyways, it's much easier to deal with things that way, you know, like gambling banned, Twitter banned, Brad Pitt banned, McDonald's not banned. Of course, they're not crazy. It came from anyway. a podcast banned. Now, yes. Anyways, so what does this mean? You say. Is that what you said? I, I, I think I heard you say that. That's what I said, yeah. Okay, good. Well, China is in small. A very trustworthy source of mine says that there's apparently a lot of people there. Roughly 1.35 billion or 20% of the world's population. And those people will soon be able to purchase consoles again. And this is a very, very good thing for gaming. Anything that I have to further say on the subject will definitely get us banned in China. So I'm just not going to open my mouth. Don't do it, man. But, dude, imagine if 20% of the world's population could now start buying an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Wii or whatever next Wii would come up with. A Wii 3. Anyways, more monies, in, more monies into games is never a bad thing for us who play games. So, you know what came out on the App Store this week? On the App Store? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Or the Play Store, the whichever, Play Store. same thing. Angry Birds Doze is oh, wow. out. Have oh, you played Angry Birds 2? I've played Angry Birds, Angry Birds Star Wars, Angry Birds this, Angry Birds that, but not yeah. Angry Birds 2. So I, I will go out and say that I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, it's whatever. Physics, physics, eh, you know, it's only so, so it gets so dull after a while. And I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan, but I downloaded it because it looked gorgeous and to this day i think it, it still looks amazing and to this day it's you know a weekend but it looks amazing the artwork is astounding it's great it looks gorgeous go download just so you can see how beautiful it is um it's, it's fun I, you know I will. i'm gonna go download it right now sir. i know you are i can see you um <laughs> it's okay you know the only issue is that there's paywalls all over the place and there's a ton of content though so you can't have fun with it just know that you know your experience may be watered down by the fact that you can only have so many lives and you can only retry so many times and no you can't buy the game because why would they do that you can make more money with a free-to-pay version with a bunch of paywalls so that's a letdown but um you know hey it looks good so, yeah. Boom. Remember the Mega Man and Proto, uh, the Proto Man 7-inch figures Kid Robot released last week that I told you about? It wouldn't be an it came from a podcast episode if we didn't have news on Mega Man or Kid Robot. So, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, Mega Man, you know, I wish there was more news, but no. <laughs> Anyways, guess what? Kid Robot announced on Twitter that the full line of 3-inch minis and keychain blind boxes for the Mega Man franchise will be released on Tuesday, August 4th. On the tweet, they had an image of the full, or at least I think it is, lineup of all the figures and you can check that out in the show description as well see how short i kept it that was impressive sergio very impressive our spider senses are tingling marvel is going back to basics with spidey the new series being released once secret wars is over so they're saying it's not necessarily a retelling but more of a closer look at Peter's younger years as he will be a 15-year-old teenager in high school again. According to Dan Slott, the, the book's writer, most people know the origin story of Spider-Man, so rather than retelling the story, we're going to start each issue with a recap page that sums up his origin visually and then launch right into the monthly adventure. So this is like the old-school Marvel books, the Stan Lee, Ditko era. I'm pretty pretty excited that they're going back to that original kind of spider-man feel i don't know about you so i have no problem with that the only issue i have is why is there always multiple spider-man comics like can't they have one line of spider-man comics that probably roots out but instead they have like okay now we're on spidey and what's the next spider-man that's out there i th i think it's amazing spider-man is it? I don't. I don't know. Well, you know, one. Well, Miles Morales is taking over. I'm a little. I'm a little behind on on Marvel to be honest. But um. But yeah, we have. We're gonna have Miles Morales. We're gonna have Peter. Um. Peter Parker as a. Again, as a because we can't kid. lose him. That's I think what the issue. They're, they they have that issue of losing Peter Parker, and they want to have him in the universe or something. I want to throw out there. Know. We're gonna have a. We're actually gonna have a big Marvel special. Uh, probably at the end of the summer, where we talk everything Secret Wars and everything that's coming up. So this is definitely gonna go into that. And we're going to really get into it and really dissect it. So be on the lookout for that. So, you know, I am excited. I do like the Spidey version. I've read all the amazing Spider-Man. Almost done with Ultimate, by the way. It took me I, forever, but I'm by, finally getting there. I loved Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm be a honest, bigger fan of Amazing still, to be honest. Ultimate Spider-Man is one of my favorite runs of comic books. I it's, loved the reimagining. And it's just, I, I, 
I adored both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. I adored Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, they're very fun either way. You can't go wrong with either one of those. But now it seems like they're going down that path again where they have two lines of Spider-Man comics for different crowds. So, you know, exciting. I'm not going to complain about too much content, but um, it just comes off as confusing. Um, I don't want it to come off, come off that way. I That's the whole point of Secret Wars. I think they're going to... Uh, when Secret Wars is over, they're kind of it's it's really a reboot of 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 the universe, and I think they're gonna go back to basics with everything. So I think all the convoluted mess and confusion, I think it's gonna be gone when yeah. we get to the to the end of it. So um, I'm, fingers crossed. I'm excited, and they're gonna they're gonna kick it off with Doc Ock as the first villain. So you know, of course. I mean, there's no other way they should take it if yeah. they're gonna stick with that original Peter Parker. So a big big issue of the Marvel Star Wars series was released this week, issue seven finally started to answer the question I've been asking and that fans have been asking even since A New Hope was first out in theaters and even so more after the prequels. What the heck was that old hermit Ben Kenobi doing on Tatooine all those years after the Clone Wars ended while he watched Luke grow up from afar? So I don't know if you've ever wondered that question, but he was kind of there and we didn't know what he was just doing for for like 19 years on a desert planet just hanging out or whatever dude i picture him playing pogs uh, and by, like by solitaire himself, by himself yeah man that's what I you do just, right I, I can picture him playing like solitaire with like the force and like picking up or what if they <laughs> what if they go into it and he's like a master at like creating sand castles or something like that dude can you imagine just use the force and create this huge like sand structure of thing like yeah dude like, Picture him making like the little Jedi temple like out of sand and stuff, and uh, that'd be crazy. So in the in the previous issue of of, of this run, Luke uh, he goes back to Obi Wan's hut and he finds a journal. And in this issue, he's reading the journal, and we kind of get this huge flashback to for the first time ever in Star Wars like history to Obi Wan adjusting to life on Tatooine after he after he he goes there to, to hide from from the Empire. Without giving too much away, he's he's bored out of his mind, as I would be on a desert planet with nothing to do. And he's really fighting himself internally because he wants, he has that struggle. He wants to continue being a Jedi and and there's things going on, there's things going on uh, on Tatooine that, that, that he could be helping people out, but he can't because he knows that uh, if he does, he's going to give himself away and the Empire is going to find him. Um, so it's really him adjusting to that kind of life and uh but there's some really cool things that happen especially at the end that i'm not gonna get into it i just want you guys to read the series and and really check out what ben was doing on on tatooine so i mentioned it before i think it's cool that marvel's actually giving us pretty important stories like this in the comics and the books um because it makes them more relevant and they're not just throwaway stories as we were talking about earlier yeah and the most important thing canon that's what people want now people want to know everything about the canon like i'm actually starting to get into it myself i'm looking up official canon just so i don't get lost in you know the massive universe they've created that and you as well you should and we're gonna have a big star wars special obviously at some point with all that stuff, so you better all start the goodies. Re- you better start reading up, Sergio. Oh, I will. So that's it for the week, folks. Once again, I'm Sergio AM and, and I'm Ricky Kazan reminding you to Hurry up. We're gonna be late. Hurry up, we're gonna be late. We got things to do. So we'll see you guys next week. We have a bunch of specials lined up and interviews as well. So thank you for tuning in. Hasta la vista, baby. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.